Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, folks, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Eagle Pickers. Sunday night, coming at you for a set of spread episode, coming off of fight night, Islam Makachev's sub-victory over Tiago Moises. Uh, this week, we have the return of TJ Dillashaw against Corey Sandhagen. Should be an awesome main event capper. I know Reese is particularly excited for this one. Danny's excited. I got them both in the building. Reese in the top left, DK my bottom right. What's up, fellas? I just want to boo this like whole narrative of a comeback fight for TJ Dillashaw. He got suspended for PEDs. Like, fuck this, fuck this narrative. Let me ask you a question, Dan. Is there anything TJ can ever do to redeem himself, or is he dead to you? No, I mean I'm not like a, I, I don't like hate the dude. But I just don't like the narrative that the UFC is but portraying. He's a snake like, the, he's oh, a little... like look at this, look at this tough comeback that this guy came out of the the ditch and he's back. No, like. He cheated and he had to sit out. Whether it's a yeah. comeback or not, he's coming back. It's his first fight. Well, I love, I love second chances. And even though for TJ, I don't believe he's probably that good of a guy because of what he did to Uriah and all that shit. We don't even get into that. Watch the Ultimate Fighter if you give a shit. But I, I, I love second chances. I mean, dude, if T, but the problem is, is is beating cory sandhagen a second chance i don't know but i regardless it's gonna have my eyeballs this weekend yeah it'll be a fun fight to watch he's an awesome fighter let's jump right in reese coming off a win last week 11 and 9 on the year another let's go reese with a win tonight would reach the largest lead of the season no one's had a three-point lead on the season all 2021 so he's gonna look to do that danny's gonna look to get within one I got to be honest, I'm not feeling that hot about this card either. Cool. Not super confident. Say, I, I also am not. There's two or three fights where I'm worried I'm going to fuck it, so that makes me feel a lot better. First fight of the main card. We've got a women's flyweight fight. Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber. Reese coming off the win. Go for it. I was telling Danny before we hit the record button that this is one of the only – one of the few women's – contender fights at flyweight that i'm actually excited for macy barber was widely regarded as the the next ronda rousey the second coming of the women's talent that's out of this world she also trains out of chicago so that's i mean where i'm located i always hope i run into her at a bar someday and she's not husbanded up but uh yeah and then me and danny we recently watched the miranda maverick fight uh we've been talking about her recently as one of the the front runners to really flip this division on her head. She recently beat uh, Jillian Robertson on the media. And Liana Joshua. She smashed both of them. Joshua. She sm- yeah, Joshua was a doctor stoppage. So th- this is someone that, that I, I know both Danny and I are excited about. With that being said, I, I am always surprised by the Macy Barber lines that she gets mainly because she was so hyped going in. She also annihilated Jillian Robertson. She beat J.J. Aldridge. And then she's got on a little bit of a skid. And, and the Roxy, Foxy Roxy obviously was due to injury, which is hard to, to, to really count as a defeat. And then she was also on the pay-per-view Burns Usman, where she lost to Lex Grosso in a tough battle. I've been 
thinking about this one. I have no idea where to set this line, like literally none whatsoever. So I don't even know where to start on who I think the favorite is. I, I am going to go with Macy Barber, um, but not by a lot. I mean, this is like one where it's like, if you told me Miranda Maverick was minus 150, I'd be like, yeah, that adds up. If you told me that, that Macy Barber is minus 150, I'd be like, with the hype and everything, that adds up. The reason why I chose Macy Barber is strictly because I believe that her pay-per-view exposure, her hype, the promotions hype behind her, that I believe this line has already probably been hit a little bit um, more than the other ones. So I'll go Macy Barber minus 130, Miranda Maverick plus 110. But like, again, if Miranda Maverick's the favorite, not surprised. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the hype that was behind Macy Barber, and I think that you're aging yourself a little bit as a capper, um, still being on the Macy Barber hype. We're looking at a, a woman, who obviously she tore her knee up in that Roxy fight, and that was a fight that can't really discredit her. But her return fight, Alexa Grasso, she was on the, on the end of that jab all night and really couldn't get her footing behind her. And then we're looking across the octagon at Miranda Maverick, who has all of the hype at 125 right now, a woman who's unbelievable kickboxing uh who hits like a truck i really think that she's going to be the favorite um i originally had it at minus 180 Uh, it's a big number i know but when when you said that macy barber was a favorite i was thinking i wanted to pause and play give me miranda maverick and a dog holy shit so i'm like very much i really think miranda's the favorite here because i mean i'm drooling um, I'm going to get, I'm going to go a little bit down. Give me minus minus one sixty-five, but I really think that Miranda Maverick has taken all of Macy's hype. I mean, at one point we're talking about her trying to break John Jones's record for the youngest UFC champion, but now she's, she's taken two tough losses. And I know that we if talked about the, the you, asterisk on the Roski, Roxy one, but Miranda told you got three that years ago, If I told you three years ago in a, in a middling unranked flyweight bout that you would have Macy Barber as the underdog, there's you'd be like, no way. I feel like three years ago she wasn't even in the in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I might have aged myself a little bit there. No, no, she was in in 2018. She was in the UFC. She was Dana White contender series in 2018, mid 2018. Yep. So yeah. But it's that's the hype kind of started there. Then. I even remember talking about her right. before then. The hype's been there for her. I mean, she was beating Mallory Martin in LFA. She's been all over. I mean, there's a reason we were talking about her potentially beating John Jones. Right. I just think that that's gone on a two-fight skid. Also, just with a tough surgery. Yeah. So this one opened up when the fight was announced back April 7th at Macy Barber minus 210. Okay. Yep. 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 Immediately, same day to Miranda Maverick minus one forty. Poha! It's it's, wait, whoa, whoa. Where is it right now? Jump to currently sitting. Ding, ding, ding. Minus one thirty. Miranda Maverick. Reese. I'm off. I said Macy. Oh, he's on the other side of that. I think I win that. Right. Wait, wait. Hold on. Do the math. Wait. Thirty-five, sixty. Bang. Poha! Miranda Maverick. No that ding, ding, sucks ding. for my bank account because I wanted to better it as a dog. It was going to be a pause and play. Yeah, you could have gotten her at 210 if we weren't playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, you, you win by the game, you lose by the game. DK, my bad on Kobe, that. Kobe, you're you're off your game lately. Lately, before before or today, before he uh before we, I'm outing him before we got on the recording, he was fucking up the uh set the or the MCC from last week. I did fuck up the MCC from last. And week. now you're and now you're giving me points where I haven't deserved them. You feeling okay? Point, Danny. I'm not feeling okay. I spent the weekend moving, so that's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Second fight of the main card, featherweight bout, Darren Elkins and Derek Minner. DK up one. I'll go for it. Darren, the damage. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a guy who you can guarantee a fun fight. I don't know exactly. I don't know who's going to be favored in this one. This is one I really wish that Reese had let off. We've got Minner coming off two-fight win streak, but not really versed the best competition. Um, TJ Laramie and Charles Rosa. I'm really not sure where I'm going to put this one. I know that Darren Elkins is definitely the older fighter up there, like 36 or 37. He's probably got the strength of schedule. Um, but right before that Gargori win, he's on a four-fight losing streak. I mean, in the middle of that is Volkanovski and Ryan Hall, two tough guys to deal with. But I can't really see him being favored one in five in his last five or one in four in his last five. I'm gonna go with Derek Minner minus one fifteen. I really I, I'm I'm not sure that he's the better fighter here, but I don't know how you can favor a one in four guy against a guy who's coming off two straight wins. Yeah, I'm I think Danny might have given me a point here to be honest with you. I but again, part of it is because I rode Charles Rosa against Derek Minner. Derek Minner fucked me, but it's more Charles Rosa fucked me. I think Derek Minner is extremely one-dimensional. Um, I think that although he's pulled off two good wins in a row against the Dana White contender CJ TJ Laramie, who was a big favorite, and then and then again he beats Charles Rosa, who also was a, a pretty decent favorite there. The difference is, I agree with Danny's one and five, but I think that a big a big key for Derek Minner to win this bout is to get Darren Elkins out of there. And as we know, Darren Elkins doesn't really get out of there. I mean, he went every he went the into all three with and Alexander Volkanovsky. He went all three with Ryan Hall. I mean, the guy before that was beating i mean he didn't even get out of there against bizrod bectic and actually won um i i agree with you though danny there's a lot of wear and tear on those tires not a ton of tread he is sitting at 37 years old i still think he's going to be the favorite here though and i actually like him to a decent extent in this spot i mean i never am going to trust darren elkins with my money i mean he doesn't he's so unique and and you hate betting on a guy who basically gets his ass kicked until they tire out but I, I, I like him here almost as high as, like, 155. I'll take Darren Elkins wow. minus 155. Derek Minner uh, plus 135. I, 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 if Minner's the favorite, you'll, you'll find me on Elkins this weekend. We got deja vu all over again. Back on 7-1 when this fight line came out. Darren Elkins minus 150. Since then, we got a flip-flop. Derek oh, Minner minus 170 is where it currently sits. 170? 70? That puts That's Elkins a shit line. That's a shit line. 
Derek Minner is not a 170 fighter. He's just not. He's not. That, one, that one's interesting. He's not. He's not. He's not a 170 fighter. And you got to remember that, yeah, is Darren Elkins, like, pulling off victories that people don't understand why. And he really, like, has gotten his ass beat and is this more of a spectacle. Absolutely. But, dude. What do, what do you think you well, – Danny, would, who would you have as the favorite, Gargory or Derek Minner? Probably Gargory. I think so, too. <laughs> I kind of think so, too. And Darren Elkins just beat him. This one's weird. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll find me on, on Elkins, you will. That's, that's value there. Plus 150 is crazy. Especially because if he loses to Minner, he's probably out of the UFC. Well, third fight of the main card, 2-0-DK, bantamweight bout, Kyler Phillips and Julian Paiva. Reese, kick things off and extend the match. Yeah, shit. This is not going where I want. I mean, Kyler Phillips is a guy that is – I always, like, look at him and I'm shocked that he gets to 135. I mean, he's a big boy. Um, I, was he also on – yeah, he was on the ultimate fighter the most recent season. And I believe that was a, a featherweight season with Brad Katona and all those guys. But, yeah, I mean, he just came off a victory against Song Yudong, which is a, a very good win in my book. I know I, – I believe, if I remember correctly, the line was closer than I thought it was. Like, I think Kyler Phillips might have even been a small favorite. I'm not 100% sure. But 3-0 and in the UFC, and he's made cr- tremendous improvements in his game. 26 years old. I really like what this guy's future looks like. But if you have listened to any ankle pick pods, it seems like Julian Paiva always gets brought up, even when he's not even fighting. I know we just, we were talking about Zuma Gulov, so we were like, oh, yeah, he lost to Julian Paiva, not a big deal. Or like uh, Rodrigo Bontorin we just recently were talking about, and Kai Carfrance. I mean, I mean, Julian Paiva's been there, but I feel like as a podcast, we, we love Julian Paiva, and reasonably so. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, but this fight is a really, really, really exciting fight. Um, a fight that I think is going to make a potential, maybe like one or two fights away from, from title contention. I mean, this is a 12 in the mid teens type fight. This is a big, big win for whoever gets this year. I, I don't the problem I have with this line is Kyler Phillips, to me, it's hard to tell where he's going to be at because every time he steps into the octagon, he's made such tremendous improvements from his last time out. And after that Song Yudong performance, I was like, and again, I, and again, I, I don't like Song Yudong. I, I think he's because of the team alpha male, not anything he is, but when I saw Kyler Phillips as, like, the favorite, I was like, holy shit, okay? They really think highly of this guy. Julian Pive has been relatively, you know, quiet since since last fighting Zuma Gulov about a year ago. I'm going to have Kyler Phillips as the favorite. The question is how high. I'm going to go minus 180. Yeah. Minus 180 for Kyler Phillips. He's just huge. That five is so long, too, though. That scares me a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going to go 180 just because that's where I feel most comfortable. But 
but I, no matter what you say, I, I would be fine with. Yeah, no. So Reese touched on a lot of the points that are a lot of the points that are consistent with my thinking. I'm a big fan of Halloween Paiva. He starts super fast. He's really aggressive, but on the other side, Kyler Phillips is huge. He is also a great prospect. Um, I think both of these guys are like under 27 or eight. Like, Oh yeah. Nice. I think Julian Piva is 25. I think Kyler Phillips is 26 and they have a combined four losses of the, between the two of them. That's and 20, this will be, this will be an exciting one. And yeah, honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up fighting like again down the road, maybe five years. Absolutely. Whatever. 29. No, absolutely. Um, but 20, 29 and four between the two of them. That's just remarkable. And so dissimilar to you, I am a song you dong fan. I think I lost money on song versus Kyler in this one. Um, and what really stands out to me in this fight is the stylistic difference. You got Kyler who's a much better wrestler and Halloween Paiva who will concede position because he kind of likes to play as jujitsu. Um, that worries me a little bit. I had this really close to even and the styles is what made me go towards Kyler. So I agree with you that he's a favorite, but I really, your 180 kind of scares me. I had it more like 120, 125. Mm. So I'm going to stick with my 120 because I originally was thinking kind of an even match. I thought it would just be a fun stylistic matchup between two exciting guys who fight like different from each other. Your number kind of is weirding me out. And now that I'm thinking about it more, the wrestling is always kind of dominated position wise, but I still can't really go high. I, I'm going 120. This might shock you both. Minus 275, Kyler. Whoa. Wow. Interesting. What's open? Open minus 150 and pretty immediately jumped to about 200 and kind of steady increase from there. I was going to say 150 sounds way more accurate. I, I thought 180 was going to be, I mean, obviously on the dot, but I was skeptical. 275 is like, how do you not bet Piver there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's going to have to see my card. It doesn't so much feel like a pause in play because it seems like there's a lot of people who have a lot of love on Kyler. Um, like you said, he's been improving a ton, leaps and bounds from fight to fight. But, I mean, taping it for Song Yudong, I wanted to bet against him, and I was wrong there. So take that with a grain of salt. But he's just could so- be another situation where I'm against Kyler Phillips. And this is what I'm talking about. If he makes leaps and bounds to justify that 275 line come fight night, like we're looking at a very, very dangerous fighter because I remember against Song Yudong being like, I mean, again, I, I like Song Yudong as a person. It's just the team alpha male aspect. I have to just be. I think he's a great boxer. And I think team alpha male. Yeah. Hopefully improved is, is grappling, but. Wow. 275 is crazy. Get for anyone following along, put a little star there. We're going to revisit this one in depth on, on Thursday. And there's sure. got to, there's going to be something we're going to find because 275 and the immediate, I mean, it's not like one sharp moved it that much. I mean, we're talking a lot of money uh, piled in on Phillips there, which is quite, I mean, 275 is big. It's a, it's wow. a significant move. 150 to 275 that quick. Yeah. Two one. But I'll take the point, baby. Poha. 2-1 DK, and he's going to lead this one off. We've got a women's bantamweight fight, Aspen Ladd and Macy Chison. All right, this is an interesting one. It's also two prospects at bantamweight, women's bantamweight, obviously. Combined two losses between them. Um, 
I don't know. This one is weird. I mean, you got Macy who's got better hands. Um, Fortis MMA woman. I kind of give the grappling advantage to Aspen, though. Um, even though she had a lot of trouble with GDR, I mean, just striking like 16 seconds. I'm going to go with Aspen as the favorite, and I'm really not sure about it. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with the same exact line I had last time, minus 120, because I could see either of these women as a favorite. Um, I obviously need to tape this one a lot more, but I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd, minus 120. Yeah, this one, when I was looking at Tapology while we were looking at this card, this is one that I think, in the beginning, when we said we're not feeling good, I think this is the one I probably felt the best about or close to the best about just because I feel like I have a good feeling on how people think about these two ladies. I know that Macy Chiasen has a lot of hype around her. I feel like we always see her in the minus 200s. She does trade out of Fortis, which we like a lot. Um, I remember watching her get dominated by Lena Landsberg. And I, and I mean dominated and she came in at the minus 200 favorite and she just did not look up, up to stuff up to the task for that one and mma Joker, math will tell you i mean you've got a lena landsberg ground and pound w for aspen lad yeah and lena landsberg was destroying macy chaston i remember I, I don't know if i had macy in a parlay or something she was in the minus 200 and she just got destroyed but you know anything can happen you the octagon you look at good wins sarah sarah morris i think is a good win gina mazani obviously has aged quite well for a first round ko especially for these women but aspen lad i kind of look at is how we were talking about uh rain aldana i feel like the promotion sees a lot from aspen lad coming she took a pretty long i mean she got Smoked by Durandamy. I mean, we we didn't even get to really see a fight there. She just got tagged. Beat Yana Kunitskaya, which obviously it, it seems doable, especially with the game plan she came out with last time. But we haven't seen her in, like, almost, like, two years. So, I, you know, I, I think that we're looking at a fighter who they're – I feel like they're trying to groom. I'm going to go a lot higher here. I think at 120, I'm all over Aspen. I think that it's probably going to be closer. I mean, because if Lena's dominating her, I'm going to think it's probably going to be closer to like 200. I'm not comfortable at putting a two in front of it, though, especially because it's women's. We always talk about this. I'm going to go, I'll go the same line. I'll go 180. You should have been comfortable with a two in front of it. Minus 200, Aspen led. No, wow. That's high. That's high. But I, I I just think that if you look at skill-wise, I think Macy still has a ton of work to do down there in Fortis. I think Aspen's going to make quick – Not it might not be quick work. It might not be a finish, but I, that might be a parlay piece for me. I think there's a lot of routes for, for Aspen to win this one. We're all knotted up. Main event, bantamweight fight. Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw. Reese, break the wow. ice. Wow. I actually thought I was dead to rights when I was down 2-0. Man. This one, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm someone who clearly gets trapped in the the old reminiscing because you could tell based on my fucking Macy Barber line, which was just trash. Like, I I can't picture TJ Dillashaw being an underdog. But at the same time, he's come off two years and we have no idea how much the doping played a factor in his prior performances or how long he was he was going for. So it's like, I there's a big question mark over TJ. On the other side, there's not a big question mark over Corey. I mean, he has looked phenomenal his last two times out after getting stouched by current champion Aljo. I mean, he made quick, quick work in highlight fashion to Marlon Marais, and then he did the exact same thing to Frankie Edgar, which what Danny still considers knockout of the year. It's really hard to cap this one. I think that no matter what the line is, unless it's egregiously on Corey or egregiously on TJ, I probably won't play this. But I think I think I'm going to put Corey as the favorite. I think that it's impossible to expect someone to come off a two-year drug-induced layoff to come in and beat a guy who's right on the fringe of getting a title shot, probably honestly is next in line after Piotr Jan. So I, I don't think TJ is going to come right in and, and, and just stop the division and put it on its head, especially because, like I said, we don't know how much the EPO played a factor. But at the same time, it's, it's still probably arguably the best or one of the best bantamweights to ever live. I know that there's an asterisk next to it, but you, his accomplishments in the sport, you can't. I mean, for that first victory over um, Henan Barrow is something that I'll always remember as a fight fan. I'm going to go Corey Sandhagen, and I'm going to do it just a small, small favorite. I think that Corey deserves to be a bigger favorite, but there's just such a big question mark around TJ that I think not only myself, but a lot of people are going to have a lot of of fear in betting either side here. So I'll go Corey Sandigan and I'll do it at minus 125. So I'm going to play my hand here. I think I'm going to go bigger. Um, obviously, I have a ton of respect for TJ. Uh, Reese mentioned that I think Corey Sandhagen's Frankie Edgar knockout, knockout of the year. That's true. I think it's the greatest flying knee that I've ever seen thrown, and that includes Jorge Masvidal. I know that might have some visceral reactions from our fans, but this one was special to me. Um, it was just so precise. I think that Corey's a special guy. I think that he's learned a lot from that Aljo loss as quick as it was. Um, and I think that he's just so big for this division. He poses a, a challenge that TJ hasn't really dealt with. I know I, I'm looking at his record and I agree with you. He's one of the greatest band weights of all time. He's done things in this division that other people have, I mean, have never done. I mean, but we're looking at his, his last four victories. It's Cody twice, John Lineker, and a Sun Sal. Sun Sal, I mean, Corey had no problem with Lineker. Corey took a split decision, but that was a little bit of a different Corey. I think it was more almost like three years ago, four years ago. Uh, he's grown leaps and bounds since. I think it's going to be a little bit bigger in Corey Sandhagen. I know that this sport is a victim of recency bias. I'm going to go minus 150, Corey wow. Sandhagen. And I still think that that's a price that I might be willing to pay. I'm, it's right, I'm right on the fence. I'm not jumping at it. 
I'm not jumping at it, but it's a price that I might be willing to pay for Corey. I, I'm there, like you said, there's a lot of question marks with the return of TJ and, and just what he looked like. And I know that uh, this fight was scheduled for maybe I want to say a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. And TJ had to pull out. I think he had an injury as well on, on top of this PED return. It's not been the easiest camp for him at all. Um, I mean, obviously I'm in, like inferring things at this point, but I have to imagine that postponing your fight via injury, you're getting less of a healthy camp than just like a regular fight period. You're kind of pushing yourself to take something short notice almost because you're like, you already um, signed up for a date and you've like confirmed a paycheck on a date. And now you have to push it back and you have to push it back with the other camp. It's a whole hassle. I mean, I think that Corey's going to be a favor. I'm, I'm almost positive that Corey's going to be a favor. I think it's going to be bigger than your number. And that's why I'm going with 150. And I'm almost comfortable to play 152. I almost want to go bigger. I, it's so hard because of the name. I mean, I feel like I'm getting baited. If I, I mean, I know there's a two-year drug-induced layoff. Like, think about where TJ was before that happened. We're talking as a bantamweight champion going for double champ against arguably the greatest con- I mean obviously he got finished quickly but like and again, quickly yeah, down in weight I mean like we talk about all the time weight cuts are tough and that can affect you in numerous ways but I think that Corey's big for 135 and you've got yeah, TJ who can think, make 125 but think about what Aljo did to Corey I know that that's in the books like I know that that but like TJ's more than capable of, of backpacking him and putting him to sleep. I mean, obviously he's not the grappler that Aljo is, but like Corey showed massive, uh, a, a massive path to victory. I mean, Aljo did it with little to no resistance. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was but, shockingly how easy he did it, but it's just the big question mark. Uh, yeah, of I don't like, know. Well, the, well, I agree with you. I just, I want to see if you actually end up laying this come Thursday or come fight night because this to me is like one of those somewhat untouchables because of how big the question marks is. Uh, I, I feel comfortable with my 125 right now. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm talking about elevation fight team. This guy is definitely going to have worked on his takedown defense as well as his defensive grappling. We're not going to need a tie break here this week. Clean victory. This Danny, so this fight was rescheduled from May 8th and it was due to a Dillashaw cut above his eye. Um, not COVID in the camp or anything like that, but we do have a favorite here. You guys are on. It's Corey Sandhagen, and he's favored at minus 185. Poha! Poha! That one felt good. Wow. Danny, you were kind of talking yourself into that line because you're saying that you're, you, you think you're comfortable at 150. You think you want to lay it at 150 so you can talk yourself into a little bit higher. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I, I don't know how comfortable I am at 180. It almost makes me wow. think the value side's on the other side. But it, it, we're at this point, we're on a razor's edge. I mean, I, I'm dealing with uh, my driver sucks at this point. <laughs> well, Bryson DeChambeau reference from the Open for those that didn't catch that wow. one. Wow. I, I want to – I honestly want to go pause and place – I want to place TJ. I want to place – um, Hui and Paiva a little bit. I want to place Darren Elkins really bad. Wow. 
And you said Miranda Maverick was moving Miranda Maverick. I might place that today. Yeah. Wow. This is the most eye-opening set to spread uh, to date, I think. Wow. Good win, Danny. I, I, I never that, – that infamous three-game three lead seems almost impossible. I'm trying to get, like, my first lead in the last two and a half months. It's like the basketball game where it's like a team is leading the entire time, and then come December you're going to pull ahead by a game, and I'm just going to yeet myself. I need like a Drew Holiday throw up a prayer. Giannis stretch my hands. <laughs> also, before we sign off, can we do the bonus? Let's do the bonus. You guys are excited about it. Let's do it quick though. Punahele Soriano, yeah. Allen. That's the prelims main event. Yeah, this is my favorite fight in the card. So I was telling Kobe beforehand, before he, if there is a tiebreaker needed, before he punted and gave Danny exactly what he wanted, like always. I wanted to throw my hat in the ring and say, this is the best fight on the card or up there in the best fights of the card. Two highly regarded prospects that Danny and I love both of them, even though Brendan Allen fucked us against Sean Strickland. I, this fight, I was like trying to think of a line while, while Danny was going over to Sandhagen. And I have no idea who, who's the favorite. I would like to think Brendan Allen because of his grappling prowess, but Soriano is undefeated and he ju- he's beaten Dusko Todorovic, who obviously it, it hasn't aged as well as we once thought it was when he was 10 and 0. Oscar Pashota, who I always liked, but that also didn't age as well. Jamie Pickett. I mean, he, he, it's not like he's just walked through people. He's fought some guys that belong in the UFC. So it's tough. I'm still going to go Brennan Allen, though. I'm going to go Brennan Allen like minus 140. That's a great number. Um, <laughs> you're, no, you're all over it. And the, the thing about the Punahele Soriano Todorovic fight for me that stands out on this one. <laughs> is it shows that he's decent uh, as a defensive wrestler. He can At least he can hang. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of the game plan you're expecting Brennan Allen to have. That's why I think that 140 is a good line, because as we've said in almost every episode, we favor a grappler over a striker almost in every time that situation comes up. That's what we're seeing here a little bit. I mean, Punahele is unbelievable with those pull counters. That's how he uh, disposed of um, – who was it? Pick it? Yeah, it must have been Pickett. Pashota, um, too. I think he – no, Pashota, he might have heel hooked. I don't remember. He did something, though. No, Pichota was the pull counter, left hook. That was, yeah, the, yeah. That was the first time we were on him. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that Brandon has a stylistic advantage. I'm there with you, Reese. <laughs> this sucks because I'm just picking it over or under at this point. It's all for fun. It doesn't matter. I'm going under. Uh, no, I'm going over. I'm going over. <laughs> Give me the wrestler. Really quickly, though, before before Kobe gives out the line, really quickly for all the listeners, keep an eye on this line because Brendan Allen was getting tagged by Carl Roberson before he got it to the mat to the point where there was a sense of concern. And he also got KO'd by Sean Strickland. He's, he is not the best at striking defense. He leaves his chin up there. It has been tagged. It has been hurt. So you make me want to go under. Like, <laughs> don't go under. Don't go under. He's going over. But but if this line is like Brendan Allen minus 180, 190, Soriano's value because he can tag him. Soriano, KO, TKO also might be value. So a lot of movement on this one, too. Back late June when this opened, Punahele was favored minus 220. Holy shit. Whoa. It's dead Holy. even now. 110 both ways. Okay. Okay. Wow. 
Dude, if we didn't play this fucking game, we would have been all over Brendan Allen plus 200. We would have been all over some of these guys. Holy shit. Vegas opened this as Punelli Serrano minus 210. Holy shit. That's a way bigger number than I ever expected. (laughs) Holy shit. Wow, that I'm really excited for this one. Don't do not get a drink or take a piss during this one. This one, I mean, these guys are middleweights who look to finish. This one's gonna be fun. All right, went a little longer than expected here, but thanks for sticking with us. Go Bucks, DK. You want to close this up after a win, bringing it within one? (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.